Welcome once again to Countdown to Eternity. This week, Pastor James Cadiz sits down with Greg Denham of Rise Church in San Marcos. Pastor Greg just got back from Israel with a number of other pastors. And we stand to benefit as he'll share some of his observations and experiences with us. Let's get right to it. Well, hello, my dear brothers and sisters. I want to welcome you to another episode of Countdown to Eternity. And I have one of the great ones with me, Pastor Greg Denham. He is an amazing brother, and uh, you guys know him. He needs no introduction. We are going to talk about something substantial today. If you are watching us online, great. If you are listening on the radio, great. But Greg went to Israel recently. As a matter of fact, he just got back from Israel and learned a lot. And I can tell you this, we are going to talk about the biblical application of what he saw in the short time that he was there. He had a real opportunity to spend some time with some very, very critical individuals over there, uh, critical to the nation of Israel, critical to the things that are happening over there. And there was a lot of take-home stuff. And I'm really excited to hear about this. But before we get into that, Greg, how are you doing? I'm glad to have you with me, bro. Oh, Yaakov, it's always good to be with you. And I always say this, you know, yeah, I call you Yaakov. It's an endearing, endearing term, of course. It's, it is your name. James That's in right. Hebrew is Jacob. But thank you very much, James. Happy New Year. And as you said, just got back from Israel. Really excited to be able to talk with you. Thank you for the opportunity to do so. Bro, you know I love you, and I, I have never had a problem saying this publicly. You are not only one of us, but you are one of the guys, and I don't have a lot of them, but you are one of the guys that I really look up to. And uh, you're, you're, you're definitely one of the spiritual heroes, and I'm just thankful to the Lord for you and your ministry, bro. Um, let's get into this. You went to Israel. Can we start very quickly with sure. why you went there? Um, yeah. As a pastor, you took some other pastors with you, and I was very much behind what you were doing. As a matter of fact, I almost went on that trip with you. Um, but of course, some things with the young children prevented me from doing so. But let's talk about this. What was the purpose of it? And then we'll start getting into some of the things that you learned. And, and I definitely, I know we're going to benefit hearing uh, about. 100%. Well, of course, Yaakov. And, and actually, it all started because, uh, as you know, but some of our listeners don't, we're a part of a group called Friends of Israel in Los Angeles. We're closely with the Consul General of Israel and uh, in fact, our dear friend, Dr. Halal Newman, who used to be the consul general, was just replaced. And Yaakov, I don't know if you know this, but you know, we had dinner with him. I love him so much. He now is the chief of staff of the new foreign minister, Mr. Katz, who you interviewed not too long ago. Yeah, right? I know. And so, I, I love Israel Katz, by the way. He's, he's <laughs> a wonderful Israel man. Katz, what a great name. Yeah. yeah. So I was so proud of him. I mean, that took place while we were over there. But to I your did point, not know that. I have to congratulate Hillel. That's really that's one hundred percent. Once this is done, you got to text them. And but yeah. look, I mean, the thing is, is they asked us per the uh, foreign minister who at the time was Eli Cohen not to get in the weeds of all this, and he's been replaced by Israel Katz. To, to come on over as evangelical pastors and to stand with Israel, which is like, no, you know, not, you know, you don't have to bend my arm, twist my arm, rather, to, to get yeah. us to do just that. And, and as you mentioned, we're all a part of it. You, we have a wonderful group from Los Angeles. So they asked us to do, to do that. And the purpose was twofold, uh, James. One was to demonstrate 
the fact that Israel is on the front lines of the evil of our time. Every Christian throughout the world, and there's Christians listening throughout the world to our voices even right now, we have to pass a moral test. And the question is, are we? What is it? Israel, the existence of Israel reveals that evil exists. I mean, the new Nazis are Islamic Nazis spearheaded by Iran. Of course, then you have Hezbollah, who's their arm, as well as Hamas, which means violence, by the way. And they are seeking the destruction of Western civilization, replace it with a new Islamic world order. So, like, when we showed up to say, hey, we stand with you, you are on the front lines of the evil of our time. In addition to that, we wanted to make it clear, uh, James, that there's a theological reason, okay, why we're there. Because we are convinced that there's an unfolding plan from eternity past to eternity future in and through Israel, the Messiah of Israel, who has blessed the whole world and will continue to bless the whole world. And he's coming back to Israel. So that reveals uh, really a deeper layer of why we see such radical anti-Semitism today. Why? Well, because salvation has come to us from the perfect Israelite, the Messiah, Jesus, right? Sometimes we don't think of him as Israelite. Well, of course, he's, I mean, he's the truest Jew of all. And he gave his life on the cross, on Passover, resurrected, and he's coming again. And this helps to explain, Yaakov, why there is radical anti-Semitism, something that we don't often talk about. The point is, there's darkness at play, because if you destroy Jews, you destroy Israel, it undermines God's genius plan. He comes back to, to a nation. He comes back to our Jewish friends who turn to him. Jesus said, you know, unless you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, you will not see me. And there's a generation that, in fact, calls upon him, looks upon him whom they pierce, and he comes at the darkest hour of human history. Now, we're talking about the second coming. Now, we're not talking about the rapture, right? We're talking about the second coming of Jesus, and and yet, and how we see signs of his second coming, which tells us that we're closer to the rapture than ever before. But James, you know, one of the things, if I could just quickly say, just, just quickly, look, I was a young pastor in, in you know, September 11th, uh, 2001, and it introduced us to Islamic extremism. And I didn't know a lot about Islam, to be frank with you. I mean, I didn't think yeah. it wasn't on my radar screen. I remember yeah. Franklin Graham, a friend, right? He was like, hey, you know, there's that crazy Islamic terrorism out there. It just wasn't on our screen. September 11th, I mean, brought that front and center. And I would say that Israel's 9-11, James, has brought Israel front and center. It's a teaching moment. And boy, it's yeah, revealed yeah. radical ignorance that we need yeah. to play a role, you and I and the church, needs to play yeah. a role to help our, our you know, Christians and the world to understand who is a Jew, to understand the significance of Israel, the Messiah of Israel, the Savior of Israel, who is the Lord, the Davidic King. There's a real teaching moment here, but I have... You know, and, and not to you know, not to pile on this, but I've been shocked by some of the kind of the crazy. There's always crazy stuff, but I mean, some of the crazy stuffs even said by Christians. You know, I think of James. 
Think of the first question the disciples asked post-resurrection. Lord, will you restore the kingdom to Israel, right? You know, they are not asking, will you restore the kingdom without Israel? I'm mentioning this because, James, I don't know if you've picked up on it. You have even believers. There are brothers that need to be corrected, like saying, well, there's no such thing as a Jew today. Oh, you know, Israel? I mean, it's like, you know, look, I mean, Israel's a, a democratic, secular country, and I mean, LGBTQ and all this stuff, and they're not, per of course, they're not perfect. They're not perfect like our country is not perfect, but God promised Ezekiel 36, 24, he would bring them back in the land. It would, there'd be a physical reality before a great spiritual awakening. So thank you. I gave a very long answer, but we went there, James, to say, we love you. We stand with you just merely for a, to pass the moral test, but not to mention the fact that, of course, we know there's a theology, right? There's a divine plan that is taking place. And uh, James, truly, it was remarkable. We missed you. But I got to tell you, James, we felt, seriously, like the Lord, but we felt you and, and all of our brothers and sisters who weren't able to make it. You know, we're, we were one on that trip together. Yeah, and we prayed for you every moment. Uh, it's funny you bring up 9-11. Uh, during 9-11, uh, now that was my mother's birthday, oh, and my. she's since gone to be with the Lord. And I remember that day with my mom sitting at a steakhouse um, with my brother and my sister, with my mom crying while she was looking at a, a sheikh, uh, actually a ayatollah that was standing at the Capitol Hill actually praying an Islamic prayer, thinking, do these people get it? And it was really funny as my father found out about 9-11. He was actually made aware of it because they were getting ready to go to bed. And he, he was in Egypt with my older brother, John, and wow. were awakened by the sound of people celebrating in the streets. So it was, or alerted, I think they were awake at the time. What, but what's so remarkable about all of this is they do not understand the idea be behind Islamic fundamentalism. If you believe in the fundamentals of Islam, then, of course, you're going to believe in the kind of violence that we continue to see exhibited. And um, when it happened for us on 9-11, in my family, it was like, well, this is Islam. We weren't, we weren't surprised by it one bit. This is, this is what we've always known, and this is what we've always understood. And, and it's just interesting how our arrogance as a nation kept us from walking in the kind of humility we needed to walk into when we were looking at the uh, warning signs about what right. was going on. And that's in essence, a lot of what happened with Israel. Uh, but it is terrible to actually see, uh, the level of, uh, anti-Semitism that we've seen on full display. In my opinion, it's probably worse than much of what we saw during world war II. And what's even more unique about the situation that we're in is that it creates the type of conundrum that is oftentimes not even recognizable or discernible by people who are not students of history. And, th and that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. And um, it is quite frankly, very ugly. And I, I wanted to take a, a, a slightly different avenue with this because there are some very prophetic issues that are tied to this. And I know this is something you wanted to talk about. And and let's do this. Let's Let's do what we can to identify some of the things you saw that you were over there yeah. um, that really, truly 
like spoke to you. You saw there was I know you saw some things that kind of moved you. Yeah. Uh yeah. Let, let's let's talk about that for just a quick Yeah, second. well, thank you so much. First of all, James, there's a collective grief, there's a collective sense of oppression um in Israel. While they while the country is more united than it's been for a really long time, I mean, there is a deep grief and it's it is palpable. Like and they know that to the north, they're going to have to face another like snake uh, and a demonic ideology. You know, the snake's head, of course, is Iran. But, you know, they're going to have to face Hezbollah. So they're making a lot of progress with regard to Hamas. And um, we thank God for that. James, you know, we got to visit the south and we got to visit a kibbutz that witnessed some 63 totally, you know, slaughtered. Uh, precious souls. And, um, you know, obviously there was like 1,200 Jews and others who were slaughtered by Hamas. Uh, you know, it's a huge number. Obviously, every single person precious, not only to us, to the Lord, a human soul, but to families and, and uh, siblings and so forth and so on. But anyways, we were at Kafar Aza, and we saw pictures. An ambassador of Israel, who was ambassador to Armenia, showed us pictures that is not that are not in the press, that have not been you know revealed yet. And uh, James, I don't even want to get into it, man. I'm, and, I mean, I saw things that I wish I had never seen in my entire life. It, it's just absolute insanity. And um, look, we're mentioning extremist Islam. I mean, this is a, a demonic, you know, a foothold clearly and ideological fortress that keeps people trapped and generations trapped. I don't know how there's going to be any type of peace in the future unless there, there's the purge of this type of indoctrination. But we also went to where there was like some 360 young people just, you know, slaughtered by Hamas. And I'm talking about where, you know, there was the concert going there in the South. That was just off the charts as well. And then we went to we went went to uh, Jerusalem, uh, James, and met with the third in power in Israel, the Speaker of the Knesset, and he mentioned, and I think this is important to underscore, James. I love your thoughts on this, but he mentioned that look, Israel exists for the safety and security and the preservation of Jews all throughout the world. And one of the things that was on my heart is, is that Israel not to pile on you know, on them during this time of, of grief and sadness and war. But Israel has an immigration policy that is discriminatory towards Jews who profess Yeshua as Messiah. And um, and this became like very paramount when we were there, James. I heard story after story after story, really sad stories, you know, of descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Like, who is a Jew? Well, descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They can't get back to their ancestral homeland, they're discriminated because they believe Jesus, Yeshua, is the Messiah of Israel. And I asked the speaker if he would be a courageous voice uh, for all Jews. And I told him that, you know, this is going to be an increasing issue as far as I'm concerned among evangelicals in the West uh, as it becomes more well known. And he, he answered in a favorable way. But College James, we got to everywhere we went, you know, by the grace of God, we got to pray with people unashamed of the gospel, at the, the very least praying in the name of Yeshua, which means salvation, of course, in the name of Jesus. 
and even sharing the gospel at the Western Wall. You know, Steve Wilbur, the pastor of Court Church, I got this picture that we were sharing with young rabbis the scriptures and our love for the Lord God of Israel, but also sharing the faith in our in our Lord Jesus Christ. So they they were just so appreciative, James, that they're they're heavy hearted, needless to say. There, there's a sense of oppression, a collective grief. So just to show up and be a friend, it was palpable. It was a great honor to, to be a part of it. Let's go back to the issue with uh, Christian Jews being discriminated against. Sure. Uh, we, we do know that that's been an issue for quite some time. Um, a matter of fact, it's been fuel for the fire of anti-Semitic sentiment, especially amongst the church and amongst Christians uh, with respect to Israel's policy concerning that. Um, Israel's overall policy has always been to be inclusive of everybody, but their actual application of that policy has been very different, especially with Messianic believers. We know that. Uh, it's it's not even a question. What kind of a commitment did you get? Did you get any kind of real feedback concerning that issue? Yeah, on one hand, you know, one hand, it's, I, want, I want to protect a private conversation because he's, right, he's of course. a speaker. But but on the other hand, no, he, he said he was one of the more favorable, uh, you know, in the Knesset. And obviously, this is a very sticky issue. It's driven by orthodox and things. But here's where I, here's what I believe. I believe that evangelicals can be helpful to this very issue, to be a voice. James, here's the thing. I say that evangelicals in the West often forget our Jewish brothers and sisters in the land of Israel. You know, we go, we take our tours, have a great time. It's phenomenal. It's inspiring. It, it is an important process for believers in many ways. But we forget um, that our Jewish brothers and sisters in Israel are on the front lines of making Jesus known. And we know that, you know, if Paul were in our conversation, if just reading the book of Romans chapter 11, kind of from right to left, as if we're reading Hebrew, you know, the deliverer comes out of Zion, all Israel will be saved, fullness of the Gentiles. You know, non-Jewish believers like us play a role in provoking our Jewish friends to jealousy. But look, ultimately, Israel turns to Jesus as Messiah. It's going to get very difficult and challenging, but it's not going to happen in a vacuum. It's going to happen because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I'm convinced that the Samuel Smajas and the Eres Soros in Israel, uh, you know, are, are going to play a role in their nation coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I just say, look, two things. One, every believer hearing my voice, pray for the church. Pray for believers in Yeshua in Israel on the front lines making Jesus known. Because, you know, salvation doesn't happen in a vacuum. They need to know the truth about who Jesus is. And then number two, lovingly and kindly. Not, you know, Israel is a young nation. They, they need to make adjustments in their immigration policy. And one of the things I said to the speaker is that, look, I'm, I'm protective of Israel, Yaakov. I'm just protective. They get piled on all the time, Okay. But this is an issue that's going to be increasing issue, and here we are talking about it. I think we need to talk about it because who is a Jew, right? Who is a Jew? A Jew is a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's interesting you can be an atheist and still be a Jew. You could be even an Islamic and still be a Jew. But all of a sudden, if you believe in Yeshua, it's like in Jesus, all of a sudden that belief in that 
that that you know those ideas somehow disqualifies you. And I was just able to say to the speaker, look, I had a, we had a wonderful time with them. And, Yo- and Yaakov, you know what? Steve Wilburn opened Psalm 2 in that meeting. We were with them for an hour. And just look, we were there to love them and incur- and pray for them, but unashamed of our faith. But it was a, you know, we were friends. You know, they're, they're in war. We're there to stand with them. But he was able to open Psalm 2 and just underscore the essential reality of kissing the son, you know, the Davidic king, the Messiah. So it was a a wonderful meeting. But I just think, look, Israel's not a perfect nation. They're a secular atheistic nation in many ways. But we, we believers are to play a role in being salt and light, not piling on them, but bringing, I think we can help make their nation stronger by being a voice for our Jewish brothers and sisters who believe in Yeshua. Yeah, that's uh, there's some really powerful stuff there. Okay, let's do this because we are literally about to run out of time. <laughs> so I want to I want to run this one question by you. You're a Bible teacher, you're a pastor. You know what the scriptures say about the time that we're living in right now. You understand uh, all of the nuances that exist with respect to the nation of Israel and how it relates to the to the uh, what we know has yet to happen, according to what the Bible says, I want you to take one thing in the Bible. Let's just, let's, let's bring it down to one. I want you to take one principle in the Bible that relates to the days that we are in, the last days, and tie it into what you saw when you were in Israel, okay? And um, we have three minutes to do this, okay. but give me something that you think just really like, opened up your eyes. Like you just said, wow, the Bible says this, and this is, I'm watching this. Like, and I know I ask this question to a lot of people and most people who are well-versed in the scriptures long for opportunities like this. Right. Um, And then they get them when they go to Israel. Uh, Give me that one thing. If there was, if there was one thing. Okay. Well, here, here it is. And I'm looking at the time. Here it is. First of all, October 7th took place on the eighth day of Tabernacles, the great Hosanna. So it's like, I know this may like be over like the head of some, but just bear with me. I mean, that day is going to be celebrated in the kingdom when Jesus returns. In fact, it is a day, and it's a week, Tabernacles, that the nations of the world will come up to Jerusalem to worship Jesus. What really spoke to me, Yaakov, was that there is a dark play in our generation. There is a spiritual battle, and it is heightening. And what spoke to me is, and I would just like to say this to all of our friends who are listening throughout the world, some of which perhaps have yet to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I just say this, please hear me. I think it's going to be increasingly clear, and I hope it's clear to you, it's either Jesus Christ or antichrist. You're either for Christ or you're against him. We are living in increasingly dark times, and I believe that what we see taking place in Israel reveals a dark play behind the scenes that is you know, seeking to defy God and undermine the genius plan of the Davidic king. So that's what I would yeah, say. powerful stuff. Well, folks, there it is. You have it. This time went by very, very quickly. We do hope that you've enjoyed listening to this and watching it as much as we've enjoyed making it. 
We love you guys. We are begging you to stay close to the word of God. Look at the sign of the times that are around you. Things are changing rapidly. The Bible gives that to us. On behalf of Pastor Greg Denham, this is James Cadiz. We love you guys so much. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Countdown to Eternity. We never minimize you taking us on your jogs or on your drives or sitting in your living room. It's a real blessing. We love you. We're so grateful to the Lord for you. Keep looking to Jesus because we know that he's coming soon. God bless you guys. Keep looking to him. You're listening to Countdown to Eternity with Pastors James Cadiz and Greg Denham. Greg is the pastor of the Rise Church in San Marcos. Hear this program by podcast, wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. And at CountdownToEternity.com. That's Countdown, the number two, Eternity.com. Catch the video version on YouTube or Rumble. Just search for James Cadiz. Pastor James is also very active on social media these days. And you can watch his live shows and video blogs on Instagram, Rumble, or YouTube. Follow James Cadiz on any of those platforms. Your financial and prayerful support means a lot to us. It helps us come to you each week with biblical encouragement, helping you connect the dots between what you see on the news and Bible prophecy. So if you believe the Lord is leading you to give to the ministry, simply visit CountdownToEternity.com. We'd also welcome your feedback. If you have a question about the end times, send it over to us. Who knows? Maybe we'll address it on a future program. You can do that at countdown the number 2 eternity.com. Then come back next week as we continue the countdown to eternity. This program is brought to you by Calvary Chapel Signal Hill and online at countdowntoeternity.com.